So what we are trying to do is to create a platform where people, when they travel to South Africa, they will know if I'm visiting Cape Town, which initiative can I support? So if we have an artist that is struggling to raise funds to buy paint or struggling to rent a studio, we're trying to create a platform where that artist can be accommodated. Welcome to the Heal, Rise, Shine podcast, a show about womanhood, empowering women, and celebrating each other. Each show, I will bring you a daily live warrior woman who stepped into her passion and light, women like you and me, because we all have an amazing story to tell. Let's heal, rise, and shine together. I am back for you with a brand new episode of the Here I Shine podcast. I am Anna-Sophie Drost and I will be your host. And let me tell you something about me. I'm a travel junkie. Yes, it's a real thing. And now we are all stuck. <laughs> you know, when, when you just want to go out and travel and then you're stuck here, it's like a lion in the cage and I want out. And this COVID is driving me insane, especially during this winter time. I mean, it's gray most of the time and it's freezing cold and there's no green leaf on the trees. And I want summer. Oh my God, I want summer so badly. And I'm dreaming about traveling and I'm dreaming about being on the beach with a fresh coconut in my hand. Yes, I'm like that. I love doing that when I was traveling in Indonesia. In the evening, it was dark. There were almost no people at the beach. I was sitting there with my coconut in the hand and looking over the ocean. The most beautiful thing ever. I also love being on top of a mountain and looking over the landscape of the country I'm traveling currently. But these are dreams right now. And I keep dreaming. I trust that this vaccine is coming and I can get this... <laughs> get this vaccine shot and then I can travel again. Woohoo! Are you any like this? Do, do you understand what I'm going through right now? I know for sure that my guest this week does. Because this week I'm having here the wonderful kind soul Noxolo Capela, a passionate traveler and adventurer from Butterworth in the Eastern Cape of South Africa. And she calls herself mainly an adventure seeker with the aim to hike in every city and country she visits. But she travels to festivals and music concerts as well. And she wants to travel the world. But whilst there's a pandemic going on, she is currently exploring her own backyard and started a movement around it. Noxolo posts beautiful pictures on her blog and Instagram especially right now about her travels in this amazing country. And she posts them on her blog and Instagram called Black Case Girl. And with that, she wants to inspire mainly black South Africans to travel more, explore their own country and, of course, the world. She wants to teach all of us to travel, regardless our background, race and financial standing. Because she herself comes from a very poor family and she grew up in a village in Eastern Cape. But 
During this interview, she will tell you the story how she got out there and now is able to travel the world. Because she travels with purpose, she's in the midst of launching a new app called the Adventure Travel Tribe, where you can support NGOs in your travel area. And if that isn't an amazing cause, I really don't know what is. <laughs> It's The idea is just wonderful and she will also talk of course about this in the interview so I don't want to say too much but it's it's just it's genius it's genius for every traveler be excited for that and of course this is another pre-recorded interview from Instagram and you can go to my page at heal rise shine and there you can also watch us talking about this but you can also stay on here and listen to this conversation between Noxolo and me And of course, also check out Noxolo's page. It's called Black Case Girl underline ZA. So you can look her up, you can look me up and you can connect with us. And if you like the show, if you enjoyed it, if you're taking away something from it, then make a screenshot, share it and tag us both and tell us what your biggest takeaway from this show was. And now it's time to enjoy the interview and get Noxolo on the show. Hey! Hi! <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Let's dive right in, okay? Yes. Perfect. So, thank you very much for coming on. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. And thank you so much for first... inviting me. Yes, of course. And my first question always is, what does it mean to you to be a woman? Ah, oh, being a woman, it means you carry the world on your shoulders, like literally, because you are expected to take care of people. You are the natural, you are the person that is responsible for almost everything. But through all that, the most important thing is that you are your own person. You, you must never forget that you are your own person. You depend on yourself entirely. Everyone else is a supplement to your life so that you don't have a situation where you can't function without someone else. So as soon as we all know that we are responsible for our own um, lives and our own happiness, then we, don't, we won't depend entirely on other people. So as a woman, you are very strong. You, you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. All you need to do is work hard on it and you are capable. So for me, being a woman, it means uh, I can do everything I want. I can travel wherever I want. I can be in whatever position I am capable of holding. So I don't need anyone else to say I'm this, this and that. No, I know who I am and I know where I want to be in the future and I know how to get there. That's being a woman for me. Wow, that is impressive. That is awesome. You're so right. We, we can do it. <laughs> we don't need no man. We enjoy, you know. But. <laughs> no. There, there is a supplement. <laughs> we can yeah. do anything we put our, mind, my, our minds on. Yes, that is so true. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. do you, would you call yourself a feminist or not? 
you know when i when i saw that question i thought to myself yeah. for a south african woman that would be very difficult to answer because we always have a very heated debate that can divide the nation when it comes to feminism because some people believe they are more feminist than others but for me being a feminist it means i believe in women rights i also believe that women deserve the same opportunities as men and i believe that women can be anything they want to be and also women have the right to 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 achieve or to be in a position to achieve anything that they wish they can achieve to better their lives so if you ask me if i believe in equal opportunities if i believe in equal rights then yes i'm a feminist but if you want me to now become unconscious bias to women then I, i might not be a feminist because i'm also realistic i also know that we need each other to do all these things so it, it's not a situation for me it's not a situation of uh, having just women doing things no we need to be there but we need our partners as well so if that makes me less of a feminist then i'll, I'll settle for that but i will never uh, say that the world needs just women that's not how i see it so i'm a feminist because i'm a woman and i believe that women also can do anything they want to do and also women can achieve whatever they want to do and also they deserve to be in any position they wish they can and they are capable of taking um of occupying and also that women deserve the same opportunities as men so yeah yeah, yeah i i believe very much the same in equality I'm, i'm very much with you there and of course the world there we have so many different human beings on this earth and uh we all need to live together you know and yeah. live the world around us together so it's very yeah. much an effort for all of us so yes yeah thank you yes. thank you that is very beautiful and i uh, have a question on equality because mm-hmm. like in south africa there are a lot of laws for women to get into the same positions as men and stuff like that mm-hmm. but how is it south africa as we all know south africa is very divided we can't run away from that we tried to live in a rainbow nation but it's not happening the reason why it's not happening is because the resources are not equal at all because racism is still the opportunities are still not distributed equally amongst uh, people the land is still a big issue as we all know if you don't own the land then you don't own the economy of the country So that has always been an issue and it's still going to be an issue because nothing is addressing that at the moment. And also going back to women now, if um we have these segregations where we have rich and the poor, the haves and the have nots, then inequality is still a mystery, is still a, a rumor, something that we hear about and something that we can't even see how it can be achieved. So we're still struggling. there is no equality at all in south africa and there's no equality between women because as much as we have women we still have white women and black women and we have a, a huge gap between those two and then we have women that have it all and women that have nothing so we still have a huge gap between those two and until that gap is minimized or closed altogether we can never say we are equal in in South Africa as women
Yeah, and you really see it like when you go to different places in South, South Africa, you see mainly white people uh, uh -huh. or, and also white people hanging out together and then mainly black people and mainly black people. So there is really, I that was the first thing I noticed uh, mm. that there is really huge separation still happening. Mm -hmm. Like in older generations for sure, maybe in the youngest generations it's changing a bit. But it's a huge problem still in South Africa and it's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done uh, because the problem is if you, if you have conversations with different people, they will tell you the problem is that we forgave before people apologized. And mm. if you didn't apologize, then you will always feel like you did nothing wrong. So if now we are still dealing with the things that we, we, we were dealing with prior 1994, then it means nothing has happened in the 25 years that we, we've had our freedom. Yes, the younger generation is trying, but if you don't have the resources, if you don't have the land, still those conversations will fall flat. Yeah, and the education also around everything. Yes, it's, it's still an issue, yeah. yeah. It's still an issue together of everybody to focus and move forward and of course the white people they did a whole mess there and they have yeah. to <laughs> apologize like you said and they, they, they don't, they don't want to <laughs> you know the problem is that they don't want to apologize because they don't see anything wrong that they've done they're saying it's their forefathers they were not there so it can never be their problem Meanwhile, they're owning the, um, the bigger chunk of our economy and we have nothing. Yeah, and that, that comes back to mindset. I mean, um, I'm German, so I know very much what it means when your ancestors screwed up, you know? So yeah. <laughs> we started a world war <laughs> and we're still working on the population of the rest you, of the world. You make the, the whole world angry. <laughs> yeah. So we're working very hard on that, and I think sometimes you just have to understand that what the people, what your grandparents did, yes. is just your responsibility. Sometimes, yes. Try and but fix it at least. Yeah. Yes. Meet us halfway, then we will be. We will say we are moving on a on a, a better direction. Thank you very much for that insight, <laughs> you. I want to go to a bit of a lighter theme now, and want to ask. Tell me about your story. Where did you grow up? How did you grow up? Where did you go to school and everything? How much time do you have for that? <laughs> it could take us a whole <laughs> night. All the time you want to <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I grew up in a small town called Batawith. The native name will be Ekdowa. So it's a small town on the end to on your way to Durban or on your way to East London, but we are closer to East London if you've been to that part of South Africa. Uh, I grew up in a small township called Msobomvu, and I'm number five of eight. So my parents had eight children between the the two of them, and uh, we were raised by our maternal mother, you our maternal grandma. <laughs> So what would happen in my family when my mom gets a newborn, they will take the newborn with and then they will leave the rest with the grandma. So all of us were ended up uh, being raised by our grandma. And that continued for years and until 1993 when they, the parents separated. 
So when they separated and and uh, later divorced, we all were in Butterworth. So all eight of us lived under one roof with no source of income except for my grandma's pension money. So that's how we grew up. Uh, our father tried to run away from it, but the government said, no, you need to, to put on some money, <laughs> put some food on that table. So we, we, we had a little bit from him, but it was never enough because if you're leaving eight children, in essence, you should give us your whole salary because <laughs> it's never going to be enough. So I grew up in Butterworth, went to school in Butterworth from primary to high school. In high school, I went to East London and I did travel and tourism, which is a bit funny because here I am now doing travel. But that's a, a different story altogether. I wanted to do journalism. And when I got to East London, all the college of the technicons were full because I didn't apply in time. So I ended up doing travel and tourism. Then following year, they announced that University of Forte is accepting people. They are taking in students and you don't need to pay anything to study at Forte. So that's how, that's how I ended up at the University of Forte. So I had I spent one year in East London and I went to Alice to do my degree in Bachelor of Social Sciences in Communication and also majoring in Sociology. So I did communication and sociology as my, as my majors. Finished that, went back home, and I started working three months after getting home. So I was lucky. I was one amongst the, the lucky ones where I didn't spend a lot of time at home. So I started working in, in Butterworth as a volunteer, and then later moved to Queenstown. And then I went to East London, and then I started working full time. So I've been with the same company since 2004. And along the way, I've always been someone who enjoyed traveling. And as soon as I got my first pay paycheck, the first thing I did was travel to Cape Town. And then it has been Cape Town, Durban, and Joburg would feature here and there, but not a lot. So I stayed in East London for eight years and then I got a position in Joburg and then that's when I moved in Joburg in 2011. So I got to Joburg, worked doing communication and stakeholder management, which is what I still, I'm still doing. But on the side, I realized that I want to pursue traveling. So I, because I write at work, so, and also I enjoy traveling. I decided why not create a blog because whenever I went away and posted some pictures, people wanted to know where is that place and how can we also get there. So I started a, a blog and from there I've been traveling a lot and I created a community, which is Adventure Travel Tribe, which is a community of travelers, people that enjoy hiking and adventure it's mainly adventure traveling i've been doing that for how many years now three to four years yes three years going on four so yeah <laughs> that's my my story where do you think your love for traveling comes from because as a child you didn't travel a lot yeah as I yeah heard. yeah um, yes 
there was no way of traveling <laughs> if you if you can't can't bread can't have bread when you wake up there is no way you're going to have money to to travel so traveling started when i started working but as i was growing up i was never i was always that child who's always out there doing something like out walk even my love for hiking came from enjoying walking longer distances so i i've always been that child that was always curious and to this day i can't be in jobek for more than 3 months and if i'm here for 3 months that's a lot but after 3 yeah. months i completely lose it so i need to go somewhere so <laughs> my love for traveling started even before i could recognize that i, I was in love with traveling so it's yeah. it's been something um that i've had for more than 20 years i must say beautiful mm-hmm. and how many countries have you traveled so far oh <laughs> um how many countries we tried counting last uh, year but uh, it's still less than 15 countries that have traveled i just can't remember the exact um number but it's still under 15 so and cities i can't even count because i've been to different cities yeah i, I still have not traveled much but yeah Oh, well, you can think that there's a lot more than a lot of people do. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a year where I just travel. That would be yeah. very nice. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What is your experience especially as a black woman to travel? Mhm. Mhm. What are the conversations you might have run into? or did you maybe everything went smoothly i mm. just assume maybe there were some issues sometimes no um from my side i have not uh, experienced anything harsh and even though the one time i was supposed to go to the other side of the queue that everyone hates as a black person uh, <laughs> i missed it because i didn't understand that i needed to go that side they singled me out out of my crew to say i must go to the other side where you get your you get searched or they they dig into your your travel itinerary but i i didn't get what he was saying so i ended up not going to that queue so i escaped that <laughs> i haven't had a situation where uh, i have to go through the entire process but uh one thing i've noticed is that when we were in east africa we especially in tanzania because they are used to tourists they are used to white tourists they treat us black people differently and there was a situation where we were talking to this guy and then he was supposed to help us with something and then a white person came and then he just left us standing there he went and asked how can we help you to the other person so those are the the kind of things that we 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 encounter and it's not from other white people it's from our brothers and sisters the discrimination we feel the the bad treatment we get sometimes as black people it's not from white people it's it's from our own brothers and sisters that was what came as a surprise to me because it's not like the boss was here watching what you are doing but they just decided we were not worth their time they moved on to the next person and that was it and what do you think where does that come from I think they get told how to treat different groups of people that visit them and also I feel like because they know other the the other people will treat them more 
So they would rather give better service to someone that they know will give better tips than someone that they know. That happens in restaurants as well, where you get a waiter that is not full-time on your table, but very full-time on other tables. And then when you see the color of this, okay, so I understand why we are getting less service than the rest. It's because maybe we are known for not it, but we cannot be playing like we have money when we're not. We, when we don't, so <laughs> I guess that's something we, we will always have to suffer from until they correct themselves. Yeah, it's, it's a change in mindset. And I think, mm. therefore, and what is very much your goal as well is to get Black South Africans to travel more because yes. also when you look into the travel scene, for example, on Instagram, most of the people are white. So yeah. the, the diversity is not so huge. Once It's really difficult for me to sometimes say these words because I'm a white person, you know? I don't want to yeah. offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? Is it that black people are not traveling as much? Or black South Africans? Yeah. So <laughs> I, feel, I feel you, but... <laughs> <laughs> because it's and also your 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 thinking and also your behavior around black people has changed because you also traveled i promise you maybe if you had stayed in your birth country you would feel a certain way than what you you you, you feel now towards black people as well so yeah traveling pl does play a huge role in in our lives and also how we see the world and how we perceive other people and also how we we understand the dynamics of living around other people as well yeah so when we all move no matter where we come from then yeah we'll get a picture of everything the world changes and behavior changes yeah mm -hmm. um how do you mostly travel do you travel alone or with friends or with family most of the time i travel with friends And because of the Adventure Travel Tribe, I now travel with groups. So it used to be a group of friends. Now it's a group of people that have joined our, our traveling group. Even though I'll have my solo trips, but the dominating trips are group trips. So I'm always surrounded by people. And tell us a little bit more about the Adventure Travel Tribe. What is it and how can people mm -hmm. join? One to you. Okay. With Adventure Travel Tribe, what we are trying to achieve is to make sure that we get a lot of people to travel. Like for me, the best thing that would ever happen to me is seeing that each and every family has got money saved and put aside for traveling only. That is what we are trying to achieve. We're trying to let people know that tra anyone can travel. All you need to do is to plan in advance and you need to save for it. But on the other hand, what we are doing as Adventure Travel Tribe, we are raising funds for people that cannot do it for themselves. So we've, we've established a youth fund where we're putting money aside or to create an opportunity for the unlikely travelers, which is the black youth to travel. What we do, we create these campaigns uh, that will help us raise money. So the first campaign we did was a virtual hike. So we did that on the 24th of September, which coincided with our Heritage Day as South African. We, we made a call to people, to hikers, that they must go out and hike on the 24th of September. 
and but they must register to do so. That registration was their way of donating into the fund. We got people to do that and we, we managed to get some money that will help us achieve our goal. Because we know we are not traveling in 2020. The goal is that by the end of 2021, we'd have raised a lot of money that will allow us to at least have one trip where we take a youth from different parts of South Africa. So the main aim is to have people move around the country. As you have mentioned, you travel your backyard. We've got nine provinces in South Africa. And in those nine provinces, it happens that people talk different languages. If you are in the Eastern Cape, you speak mainly Isakosa, which is my home language. And then if you are from KZN, you speak mainly Zulu, Isi Zulu. We're trying to take kids from the Eastern Cape to go to Durban or to come to Joburg so that they can interact with other kids from Joburg, learn from them, and then what, take whatever they learn on the trip and pass it on to, to other kids back where they are from so that we can bridge the gap. If, you can, if you're following the history of South Africa, there were times where we had civil wars, where Kosas and Zulus were clashing and killing each other. So we're trying to bridge those gaps where people can see themselves as one instead of seeing someone from KZN as uh, someone completely different from them. We're trying to bridge those gaps so that at the end of the day, uh, maybe in a hundred years, we will have one South Africa where we have all people in South Africa being able to speak all the 11 South African official languages, not because they learned them from school, but because they learned them through traveling. That's what we are trying to create with the Adventure Travel Tribe and the Travel Youth Fund. It's a lot of things. There's still a lot that is going to be revealed that is linked to Adventure Travel Tribe. It's not just a community just for the sake of having a community. No, it's bigger than that. It's just that things cannot be achieved in one year. So for this year, the main thing was to have the Travel Youth Fund up and running. We've achieved that. Next year, there's, there's an app that we are working on that is going to be revealed next year. The app, what is going to happen there is that when you as Anna travel to South Africa, at the moment, you, you might be aware, but someone else might not be aware of the charity organizations they can support or the initiative, any initiative that they can support in South Africa. So what we are trying to do is to create a platform where people, when they travel to South Africa, they will know if I'm visiting Cape Town, which initiative can I support? So if we have an artist that is struggling to raise funds to buy paint or struggling to rent a studio, we're trying to create a platform where that artist can be accommodated. And when travelers come to South Africa, they will be directed to that website or app where they can see that these are the people that are operating in Cape Town. And then they can choose whichever initiative that speaks to their soul. So we're going to have a variety of, of, of campaigns or initiatives that they can support for each and every province. But that doesn't end there. We're trying to take it outside of South Africa because we also support ecotourism. That is sustainable tourism is very important to us. And also paying it forward is very important to us. So we're trying to create a culture of paying it forward. Sometimes you, you want to contribute to the place that you visit.
but there's no platform that is showing you that what can you do or who can you speak to. So we're trying to create a platform like that, but that is going to materialize in 2021. Like I was saying, there's a lot that we're working on, but they will be revealed um, as we move. And that is such a beautiful idea so that every travel just becomes also a purpose, you know? Mm. And yes. mostly travel is a really selfish thing to do, you know? You yeah. enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this way it really becomes your purpose and you can support mm. the people who are there and who are also come who are also adding to the experience that you are having mm. in the country and yeah. um, make that is yeah a, so like now the biggest thing we're facing in South Africa you you'd have picked up on it i think it's all over the world now we are uh, dealing with gender based violence women and children are killed left right and center with our initiative you'll be able to see which gbv shelter can you support in each area with our platform we are not just creating a platform to to have fun or to have our name out there we are very much in touch with what is happening in the country and what is happening around ourselves gender based violence is one of the biggest things we are grappling with as a country there's still no direction to say we when we will win that war but as people i believe in social impact if you are living in south africa and you have means to create opportunities to help someone um live a better life then i'm a strong believer to say let's work on that let's try and make someone's life better with our platform again you will have gbv centers in all nine provinces then if you are in the eastern cape you will know who to talk to if you want to support one of the shelters it it becomes a cycle <laughs> i i really love this idea of traveling with purpose and supporting yeah. the country traveling yeah and it's really great it's really great yeah, <laughs> we're trying But, yeah, i don't i really don't know what to say because i'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why does nobody think about this before yeah. you know? we we're trying by all means to help where we can and for me having internet means a lot i just hope everyone can see it you can do anything with the internet nothing yeah. is impossible all right thank you so much that was so beautiful and i'm really looking forward what is coming there and i will also link everything in the show notes with this video to wrap this up i just have like two more questions for you uh-huh. do you have a male role model yeah <laughs> uh for me nothing is ever black and white okay maybe my wardrobe but that's just it so <laughs> my wardrobe is very black <laughs> so but but i see in color even with role models there's never one person there's not one person i can single out and say is my role model but i'll tell you about the three women that maybe four that have made um a, a huge impact in my life so one will be my grandma when we were growing up the one thing that she stressed was education 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 growing in that environment even though we were poor we knew we needed to study hard and to get out of that situation like i always said people laugh at me when i say i don't like cold water because that's one thing i was never subjected to my grandma always made sure there was hot water because 
we needed hot water to wash and go to school. So that was one thing that was never lacking in my life. <laughs> uh, grand, my, my grandma played a vital role in emphasizing on education and its importance and also making sure that no one fell behind. She, she played a, a very huge role. And also that meant that I needed to focus and study hard and also make sure that I study further to make sure that I get to be in a better position in life. And then the second one would be my mother. Again, growing up in that household, it was never an easy situation. It was never easy. Like, uh, okay, let me derail for a bit. So I always say uh, I've got three theme songs. The first song is It Wasn't Easy, But It Was Worth It. As much as I grew up in that environment, it taught me a lot. So with my mother, uh, she never compromised on quality. Whatever she provided for us, it was quality. If it was love, it was quality love. If it was food, it was quality food. Everything that she provided for us, it was quality. It was never um, in short supply. Even to this day, when I was in, in university, I never used to wash my blankets. And most people did that. I said, no, my mom is going to do it. So I carried my stuff back home so that my mother can wash it. Those are the, the little things that people won't understand. Even when I started working, when I got home, she cooked a special meal for me because she knew how much I loved that meal. Those are the things like when she does something, she does it all the way. It's not in half measures and it's always good quality. I've taken that from her. And then um, there's my sister. She's one selfless person. Everything she did, it was never for herself. It started with me and then it filtered with all our siblings because what happened at home, if you are um, the eldest, you had to take care of the young ones. The way she did it, she did it in a, um, in a way that you never, you felt like you were the only one benefiting from it. She would give up everything for me. I, I'll, I'll speak about myself. I know she did it for everyone else, but she gave up everything for me so that I can live a better life. When I came back from varsity, I knew that I was going to go back with new clothes and all courtesy of my sister. And that meant she was not going to have a, a new pair of shoes when she opened school because she's a teacher. These are the people that played a, a very important role raising me and contributing to the woman that I am today. And family is very important to me because we grew up in a situation where there was no father figure. My brother assumed that role and she played it very well to the point that I never felt like there was someone lacking in my life. So my brother also contributed. I can never have a role model that is outside of my family because if you look from the beginning to where I am today, it's always been my family. I think my family will be <laughs> the, the only people that I could see as my role model because they played a very important role in making sure that I am this person that I am today. And also I still draw inspiration from them up until this day. Wow, that is beautiful. I can see how much love you raised. And also you have such a big heart that you will want to give it out to everybody else as well. And yeah. <laughs> no, those are, those are my people. I'll give everything for them because they did it first for me. That's amazing. 
And if you could leave a message to all the women in the world, what would that mm. be? There's this song by um, Mary J. Blige, which is also one of my theme songs. But the first one, you, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. The second one is Stronger. And then the third one, no, not Stronger. I, I'm going to sing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so um, no, just the first part, the name of the song. Let's see. She walks around like she's someone important, as if she owns the world. So <laughs> that's the message to all the women in the world. Just have that confidence. If you have that confidence that you can achieve anything in life, then you already achieved. If you can make sure that you depend on yourself and everyone else is a supplement in your life, then you have already achieved. So there is never going to be a situation where you subject yourself to a loveless marriage, you subject yourself to a, an abusive relationship. So if you understand yourself and you love yourself enough, you will never subject yourself to those kind of things. That will give you the confidence to get into a room and just uh, demand their attention. Step like you own the world. Never take any negativity to heart. If there's a situation where you fail, make sure that you learn from it and you come back again tomorrow and you do it better than yesterday because you have the power. Use it. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was such a wonderful conversation and gave so much insights and light to so many things. It was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Smiling mm -hmm. all <laughs> it really my heart. Thank you so much for coming on and uh -huh. much appreciate for you making the time. Thank you so much for inviting me. And in finishing off, I would like to say just to tell you my last theme song. My last theme song is by Beyonce. It uh -huh. says, I was here. So that is my last theme song. The reason why I'm an advocate for paying it forward is because I understand the importance of helping others because I was helped growing up. My siblings didn't have to do anything for me, but they decided they were going to take it upon themselves to make sure that I get a better life, which is what had happened. I, need, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave, even if it's a message, just to say, I was here, not all Capella was here, and this is what she did. I might fail, but people will still remember that I tried to contribute to a bigger value, which is paying it forward and helping others. What you need to remember from this conversation is that I was here. And you can also make that pledge to say, I was here. People know me as this person, but today I'm going to change it. For, for the better, not for myself, but for the next person. And try and pay it forward where you can. Thank you so much. Yes, always also give forward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> where you can, help where you can. That's very important. Yes. That, that Thank is you. a beautiful word for the end of Monday. And with these <laughs> lovely words, we can start until this week and give it back. And yeah. That yeah. Yes. Thank, Thank you so much, Anna. I really appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>